0: We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you, because it's it's the the bottom bottom line that matters. matters.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We are dedicated to your success. On our show today, we're going to be talking about writing a job description for yourself. Very often we end up in situations where we're not really clear what it is that we're supposed to be doing anymore. Sometimes we start a business and we end up bringing on people into our business. And so We were so used to doing certain things that we forget or we don't know what else to do. And we're not really clear on what we may need. Otherwise, sometimes in life, we are so used to doing certain things. Think about an empty nester. You were used to getting your kids ready every day. And now you don't have to be getting up to get them out to the school bus. You don't have to be getting up to make them breakfast. There's a lot of those things that will change just in terms of how we're looking at it. And so as we look at bringing in Daniel and Patricia, there's so much that we can be talking about here, but why is it important to really know what we need to be doing as opposed to just doing everything on our own?
0: Well, I think... (laughs) I hope the answer is obvious <laughs> to that question, or or let me start with an obvious answer to that question, maybe I should say. Uh, if we're trying to do everything, uh, how effective can we really be?
2: Because you're spending lots of time and energy on stuff that, yeah, it needs done, but you are very not good at it, and it ruins your day, and it sucks out your energy, and makes you cranky and crabby, and not pleasant and not able to do the other things that you actually do well. <laughs>
0: yeah, what Patricia said.
2: <laughs> we'll let you know what Patricia
1: said once we decipher it. <laughs> yes. So, here's here's a different way of looking at it though. If we are stuck doing everything, right? The saying you're a master of um sorry, you're jack of all trades, master of none, Uh, we get bogged down in a lot of the minutiae of what it is that we're trying to ultimately do. But we kind of get stuck because we just don't know what it is that we're supposed to be doing or what we could be doing. And so we run into conflict And we run into like, Patricia, I think it was you who said the time suck, right? And we know people who, by the way, are vampires also when it comes to our time too. That's a whole other issue. But, and maybe something that we can add again to our list of shows to be talking about. Um, But when we're looking at how we can be making that forward momentum, writing a job description, knowing what we need to be doing and not doing, what is the first thing that we need to think about in that regard? Well, I I think that
0: completing the exercise of writing a job description for yourself would be very eye-opening for a lot of us uh, in small business, I think. Uh, So I think what components are typically part of a job description there's a title uh, there are the the types of duties uh, that are assigned to that role uh, the tasks uh, the that need to be completed um, the the qualifications sometimes that that go with that role uh, so I think it would be very eye-opening for all of us to write a job description for ourselves. Because I think it would force us to evaluate what we do every day and whether we should or should not be doing those things. If your title and if your actual function in your company is you're supposed to be the CEO, uh, but you find yourself doing way too many administrative tasks uh, and other things like that, and you can't actually drive the company forward, you don't get to spend time working on the vision of the company or anything like that, then you've got to take a a hard stance and determine, um, should I be doing these things? Or uh, I I almost went down the path of saying, am I the right person to be in this role? No, wait a minute, don't fire yourself. Well, sometimes (laughs) you do need to fire yourself.
2: You know, I've seen people fire themselves as CEOs of their own company. And first I thought, what the heck is he doing? And then I thought, well, he's got a different skill set than the CEO actually requires. CEO is someone you can hire. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't have to be the founder of the company. The founder does not have to be the CEO necessarily.
1: You, and you, this is exactly the situation I'm dealing with right now with one of my fractional clients. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted me to come in as his COO, his chief operating officer role, which I'm doing at the moment. But we also discussed that eventually he's going to step aside and have me take over as CEO of the company, simply because he is not that leader. Um, He's the tech guy. He's the Scrum master. For those of you that don't know what that means, it's a project management term. We'll leave it at that. Feel free to look (laughs) it up, but. That's exactly the point. And we understand sometimes we're not fit for this particular role. And we need to understand that sometimes there are better people, like you were just saying, Patricia. If you're not this person, you need to get out of that role. I mean, I have another client who is probably going to be in the same position. He has me, he doesn't want to give the title of being in the C suite at the moment. So he gave me the advisor guru title (laughs) because it's different and it's, you know, the, Edgy kind of thing to be doing with uh, some tech companies, but it's the same thing. He's the tech guy, he's not the CEO kind of person, and he needs those kinds of roles. So, exactly, Patricia, sometimes we need to get rid of ourselves from a, one position so that we go into the right one. We can still retain the title of founder, we can be chairman of the board, we can be chairman, you know, whatever, and still ultimately control who is our CEO right but we don't have to be the ceo of the business in order to get what it is that we're trying to do accomplished
2: right 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 so the ceo has very specific tasks and therefore skill set that are required and you know you can get by for a while but if you want to take your company bigger from i don't i, didn't, I, I don't even know what parameters um but there comes a point where what got us here isn't going to get us there you have to change your team members a lot of times and that includes you what are you doing what do you need to do differently what are you the best at what is what is the one thing that only you can do may not be just one thing but what are things that only you can do and you know you should do those and you should hand off the other pieces and sometimes that includes you know I've worked with companies where the founder and the CEO didn't have as much vision for his company as I did. And how do I relate
1: that to him? Well, I can't. (laughs) Actually, I would take the contrarian position and say you definitely can. Because very often, if the client doesn't see everything that's possible, and we can connect the dots a little bit better we can either help them figure it out or we can move them down a path where yeah. at least we can come in and offer our assistance in that. Yeah. And make that stand out a little bit for them as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, and, and going down the same thing, when you, when you start a small a, a business, you're probably the CEO, you're probably the COO, you're, you're a bunch of different hats here. When it gets more complex and you've got clients and you've got lots of numbers coming in from bookkeeping and accounting you need somebody that's got skills in those areas and you need somebody in operations to help you with that especially if you haven't worked in that kind of size of a business before it's 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 extremely involved you know and it's even for a small business, it can be a lot more involved. There's a lot more wheels that drive the machine than a lot of people are actually aware of.
1: So let me ask this question. A lot of people don't know how to necessarily write a job description, but does it have to be a formal job description, something that human resources would normally be working with, or can it simply be, these are the five top things I do And these are everything else that I don't do, simply because these are the only five things that I am supposed to be doing in my particular role. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I I was intrigued by this topic uh, for the purpose of like annual planning, uh, yearly planning for your company, uh, that kind of an exercise. So I, I would say, no, I don't think this needs to be quite as formal as like an HR person might write a job description. Uh, I think just the act of sitting down and starting to work through some of the pieces that are part of a job description, and I think everyone has seen enough, you, you have some sense of what belongs in a job description. I think just doing that act will be very eye-opening for a lot of our listeners.
2: Yeah, I agree. And if part of your you know, plan for the year or whatever is, is growth and you know that you need to bring on more people, then I think it's a good thing to sit down and look at all of the things that you have been doing that maybe you need to expand those descriptions, pull them off from you and find somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. because oh boy here's a thing that i'm doing a lot of and it's you know kind of dragging down this other area of my life so i i'm I'm not as creative as i need to be i'm not as whatever piece needs to go into this so does that go back to the idea that i need to
1: delegate more yeah
0: (laughs) it can it may lead to that sure Yeah. yeah yeah Or it may not, you may do your job description and discover that,
1: nope, this is, yep, this is right. This is what I should be doing. (laughs) So where do extracurriculars come into play in our job descriptions? Because every now and then our jobs, as an example, um, as a business coach, I've put out a couple of bucks is a book something that is in my job description or is that an extracurricular that may or may not ultimately have value? And I'm using it, I know in a really specific example, but it's really a broader idea as an abstract concept. Like, Is there something that is not directly related but can be beneficial for what you're doing?
2: I think that and how does that, that fit you. in with
1: the description?
2: I think that depends on you. Do you want it to just be mm-hmm. purely extracurricular? Or is it part of what you do?
0: Yeah. And I, I would say I would lean toward um, saying, I, I don't think we need to be that prescriptive about this exercise of writing a job description for yourself. I think we could leave it open-ended and say, if you think that belongs in there, if you want to address it, when you do your personal job description, go ahead and throw it in. Uh, If you don't think it has any merit or any bearing, um, then feel free not to. I think we could be more open-ended about it. But uh, to your point, though, Jennifer, uh, it's great to consider those things, Uh, should they be included or not included.
2: Yeah. thank I'm you. I'm a polymath, so everything is included.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Patricia, just that everyone is clear, can you define the word polymaths so that way, just in case somebody doesn't know, they'll understand what you meant? Well, we used the
2: term jack of all trades earlier. And so, yes, I am a little bit of a jack of all trades to the extent that I know how to hire an expert in that (laughs) trade, or that I can bring it in, in some creative fashion into what I'm doing.
1: Well, Henry Ford is credited with saying something along the lines of, I may not know the answer to every question, but I have a button on my desk that will get me answer to every question so is that kind of the
2: thought here yes absolutely and that's that's a quote that i have kind of lived by i don't have to be the world's expert on you know everything i just need to know where to go to get it and so that's why i take all of these side trips as weird as they might be, is to find out some little piece of life that I didn't know before and how do I bring this back into my rest of the things that I've done.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, that's why I personally love LinkedIn because with almost 12,000 connections, And obviously, you know, millions in my network as a result of that. There are so many opportunities that if I don't know, kind of like how Henry Ford said, I have a button, I have a site that allows me to find the answer. If somebody comes to me and says, I need this resource, then I know exactly where I can turn to at least start getting that information. Perfect example. I'm dealing right now with a client with a Google question. And he is trying to figure out what is, you know, his particular situation. How can we resolve his question? Well, there's my network. And we're going through that to find exactly what we need to know so that we can get that answer. So while this is far from the idea that we started this conversation with about writing a job description for yourself, knowing how to get your network to get you those answers is sometimes just equally as important.
2: Mm -hmm. I would agree. Yeah.
1: So Daniel, as we wrap up our conversation of writing a job description for yourself, because you also, I think were the one that suggested this original topic, Any final thoughts that you want to add here?
0: Yeah, I I just think that it would be a really fun exercise to go through. Um, As you're looking back at the the previous year, looking forward at the coming year, uh, you know, apply this at any uh, given point in the year planning cycle uh, that you want to. I, I just think this would be a really fun exercise to do. And I think you might learn a lot about your business and about yourself by completing an exercise like this.
2: Any final thoughts, Patricia? Daniel, wrapped it up pretty well.
1: Perfect. So as we wrap up the conversation, think about what you can be doing in your life, in your business to make it simpler. Make it something that will allow you to stand out. And remember, there's also certain things, as Patricia was mentioning, standard operating procedures. And I think it may have been on our last episode. But as we look at putting down what it is that we do, what happens if tomorrow we can't be doing our job for whatever reason? If we have it written down, this is what we do then somebody can step into that role that much easier and start taking over so that the business doesn't fall apart. Even if we're CEO of the business, it doesn't mean somebody won't be in a position to come in and immediately assume the leadership role. Think about the president of the United States as an example. The vice president is a heartbeat away from assuming the role of the presidency. It's not that they don't know what's going on. They are brought in on every single major decision, and even some of the small ones that the administration undertakes. This coming from a future president of the United States herself. <laughs> but that's, you know, and by the way, if you're interested in having more of a side conversation, let's talk, <laughs> because in a couple of years, it will be my shop. But um, as we look, though, at really getting it uh, to a point where we can move forward, it becomes an important aspect, know what we need to know, do what we need to do and other things we can either unload, delegate, or stop. On that note, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. And until next time, here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring, and here's to your success. Thanks so much, and have a wonderful day.
0: It's the bottom line that matters.